0: Hello and welcome to Honor and Courage, a podcast dedicated to the renewal and reawakening of American excellence. I'm your host, Albert McKegg, and today we will be talking about the first principles that have made America strong in the past and will continue to keep her strong in the future. Patriots come from all backgrounds. In the past, we may have labeled ourselves as Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Conservative, Liberals, and what have you. But just a few years ago, most Americans were true patriots, just with different ideas of how to love and protect this great nation. I know there are many who see the current Democrat Party as a treasonous bunch of special interest fanatics ready to ditch all morality in an effort to fundamentally transform America into a socialist welfare state. Granted that there are some who believe that way, but I've found over many years of talking to just plain folks that most people really don't believe in those fanatical shifts away from our traditions and heritage. Most people simply want to be able to have a good job, provide for their families, enjoy some leisure time, and have a peaceful existence. I think that's fairly common to all of us. We tend to get so hung up on our labels and definitions and things that divide us that we lose sight of fundamental or first principles and spend all of our time facing off and fighting one another over labels. Frankly, it isn't the labels that define us, but our character, and our character is defined by our principles. That's what I want to talk about today, first principles. Those principles that make up such a part of us that they are part of our character. They're not opinions or suggestions, but the bedrock foundations upon which we build our lives. Living a life based on first principles is not easy in this society that tells us that tolerance is a good thing, even if that tolerance requires that we subjugate ourselves to beliefs and practices that we find intolerant. We're told that diversity is the key to success, regardless of whether the best man or woman is chosen for the task at hand. Logic tells us that this is in fact a a lie of the radical left. It has been proven throughout recorded history that what we tolerated yesterday, we accept today and will embrace tomorrow, and that is true for mediocrity or success. This movement to take back America through honor and courage is for the 200 million Americans who are fed up with big government, fiscal irresponsibility, and crushing takeovers of the free market system, those things that made this country great in the first place. It is for Americans who are tired of being divided by so many things and in so many ways, and for Americans who truly appreciate that this is the greatest country that has ever existed. This movement is based on first principles. I can identify five first principles that are the absolute foundations of liberty and of our personal lives. A strong family, a strong national defense, free enterprise, education, and finally, a faith in the true and living God. There could be more, but those are the first principles I will concentrate on today. First, I'll talk about a strong family. If the family is strong, the community will be strong. If the community is strong, the state will be strong. And if the state is strong, our nation will be strong. Men and women came to this continent for a new life. They worked together to become something greater than themselves. They worked side by side as a couple with their hand on the plow and not with their hand out for a government to take care of them. That man and woman defined a strong family. A strong family is one man and one woman making up a marriage. That's what founded this country. Our laws should promote the first principle of the traditional American family. The family is a fundamental institution that lies at the heart of American values, serving as the cornerstone of a stable and flourishing society. True patriots believe in the preservation of traditions and the family unit and the family unit embodies a timeless and essential tradition that contributes to the well-being of individuals and communities alike. First and foremost, the family provides a nurturing environment for the growth and development of individuals. It is within the family that values, morals, and a sense of responsibility are instilled, creating a foundation for future generations." American principles emphasize the importance of strong moral character and personal responsibility, and the family plays a crucial role in fostering those qualities. Families create a support system that helps individuals navigate life's challenges, promoting resilience and self-reliance. In turn, this reduces the reliance on government intervention, aligning with traditional American ideals of limited government and individual autonomy. Economically, strong families contribute to a robust and self-sustaining society. A stable family fosters economic independence as individuals within supportive families are better equipped to pursue education, employment, and business opportunities. This, in turn, reduces the strain on public resources and reinforces the principle of self-reliance. A strong traditional family is a first principle. A strong defense is an essential first principle for the preservation of our great nation. The Constitution gives very few direct instructions for the federal government, but one of them is to provide for the common defense. That includes knowing when and where to send our young men and women into combat to risk their lives and our national treasure, and when to stay home and out of the brush fire wars that are constantly cropping up in this world. A strong defense means defining what we hope to accomplish by going to war and then providing the means to do it. A strong defense means providing leadership that is free of political pandering, social justice, and election year hype. In addition to that, a strong defense means protecting our borders from the 24-7-365 invasion going on from the South. It does not include our own government suing our own citizens and states for doing the very thing that our federal government has failed to do. The very idea of the federal government suing states for fighting illegal immigration is ridiculous and would be laughable if it were not so serious. The massive expenses and efforts Texas is going through to protect the border is an example of this. Protecting the southern border is crucial for several reasons rooted in our commitment to national security, rule of law, and economic stability. A secure border is vital to safeguarding the nation from potential security threats, including illegal immigration and the entry of individuals with criminal or terrorist backgrounds. It is important to know who enters this country in order to maintain public safety and protect American citizens. A secure border upholds the rule of law by ensuring that immigration processes are followed and respected. Illegal border crossings undermine the integrity of the legal immigration system and erode public trust in the government's ability to enforce other laws. Economically, controlling the flow of immigrants is essential to managing the labor market and preventing potential strains on social services and public education. The unregulated influx of undocumented illegal immigrants impacts job markets, wages, and public resources, and it potentially has a great burden on American taxpayers. A strong defense is a first principle. Free enterprise is an American first principle as well. In my wildest dreams, I never thought I would hear of the U.S. government nationalizing corporations. That is something that is done in third-world dictatorships and socialist countries, but never in the USA. Yet in the last two decades, that has happened over and over again. Even before COVID, but especially during COVID, we see government spending beyond all reason, Regulations beyond all conception, government influence beyond all law, the government actually giving away tax money to citizens who don't pay taxes. That's ridiculous. SARS appointed to run every facet of our government, our business, and our health. The free enterprise that made this country great is being dismantled and destroyed on a daily basis. When the small businesses of this country have finally been crushed by regulations and government oversight, where will we go for jobs? Where will we turn for productivity? Where will we see innovation? That will all be gone. Those men and women who first came to this country were engaged in small business and free enterprise. At first, it was in agriculture. And then shipping, building, and eventually this country produced the factories, railroads, and industry that made this country great. All of those things provided jobs for the masses of this country. That is what free enterprise is about. One person with a good idea willing to work hard for it. The best form of welfare, according to Benjamin Franklin, is that everyone who wants a job has a job. Education is a first principle that is essential to liberty. I once served on the local school board, and I have great respect for teachers and educators. But they have been inundated with rules and regulations that interfere with their ability to teach. They've been swamped with students who don't speak our native language due to the border situation. School districts are paying for it, and educational standards are suffering from it. Teachers are force-fed a curriculum that too often dumbs down the important subjects that must be taught in order for students to succeed in life. Education is not the providence of the federal government. We need to get rid of the Department of Education. Standards should be established at the state level and administered at the local level. A basic level of funding is a state responsibility, but if a local school board wants to supplement it, let him. Local school boards elected by local elections know what is best in each community. If those boards make bad decisions, the people of those communities can elect new boards. When our public schools and universities began to worry about whether flying the flag of the United States was offensive to some students, our death knell in education began to sound. It is clear that our universities have failed this nation in what is taught and how it is taught. Our higher education system must be redirected so that the values of this country can be taught and encouraged once again. Look at the curriculum that has been culturally forced on our schools over the past 30 years, and you will know what is wrong with our country. Our future rests on what our young people are being taught, and our teachers and institutions need to be freed from the dictates of a socialist, institutionalized form of education and allowed to teach our children what are indeed our first principles. Finally, a faith in a true and living God is a first principle of this country. Our first laws were founded on the teachings of the Bible. The importance of God in the United States is deeply rooted in the nation's history and cultural fabric. The Founding Fathers, while establishing the country, emphasized the role of divine guidance and moral principles. The nation's foundational documents of the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution reference a higher power, affirming the belief in inalienable rights bestowed by a Creator. Religion has played a pivotal role in shaping American values and ethics, contributing to the development of a strong moral compass that underpins societal norms. The Judeo-Christian ethos has been a unifying force, fostering a sense of community and shared values among diverse populations. Additionally, faith has been a source of comfort and resilience during challenging times, providing individuals with hope, purpose, and a sense of belonging. The role of religion extends far beyond the personal realm, influencing social institutions and shaping the ethical framework of American society. Moreover, God is often invoked in public discourse, from public speeches to national symbols, reflecting the enduring influence of religious beliefs on the nation's identity. While the U.S. Constitution emphasizes the separation of church and state, the acknowledgement of God remains ingrained in the cultural and historical tapestry of the United States, fostering a sense of unity and shared purpose. That makes it an essential first principle of this great nation. We know what the problems are. We've identified them. But what can we do about it? Short of armed rebellion, is there any hope for America? Well, I say that there is, and we're not yet at the point of an armed rebellion, and I pray to God we never get there. But it is time to act. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a cultural war in this country, and the time is now for a gut check to see whether we will win it or lose it. Radical Islam may be an enemy, to be sure, but it is not the primary enemy. The primary enemy that we face is the radical leftist ideals that refuses to believe that we are at war with radical Islam, that bows to the leaders of radical Islam, that favors a mosque in a special place in America, that hosts Muslim events at the White House but never darkens the door of a Christian church, that has members of Congress advocating for the genocide of the nation of Israel, our greatest ally in the Middle East and the only democracy there those radical leftist ideals is the real enemy. Illegal immigration may be part of the enemy, but it is not the primary enemy. The primary enemy is the radical leftist ideals that promote illegal immigration, sues our citizens, takes down our flag in favor of the Mexican flag that forces us to dial one for English, and that is the true enemy the large number of our fellow citizens who hold an ent- entitlement mentality and live with their handout wanting more from the government, are not the primary enemy. The primary enemy is the radical leftist ideals that bribes the poor and minorities in order to get their votes, that rewards laziness and indolence, that takes over businesses, that places crushing taxes and regulations on business in favor of those on the entitlement dole. That is the true enemy We are at war with those radical leftist ideals just as surely as if an enemy had landed on our shores to invade this country. If we don't get together and defeat this enemy of the radical left, it will surely defeat us and all that we stand for. I am proud to be an American. I am proud to say that I have taken an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America." I am proud to say that I live in the best country in the world and the world's only superpower. We did not get that position by a resolution from the United Nations. We did not negotiate our way into that position, and we did not get that position from a vote from the governments of Europe. And we darn sure did not get our greatness and our position in the world from radical leftist ideals." We earned our place in history by first principles, and I, for one, intend to keep it in that position. I am engaged in this campaign to take back America, and I ask you to join me in this campaign through honor and courage. I'll see you next time right here. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace.